This podcast is a product of the 4th and Inches Network. A podcast network designed to keep Husky fans up to date on their favorite programs around UW. Enjoy the show and go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. Hello everyone. Welcome to the 4th and Inches Network. This podcast covers the Washington Husky softball program with a little bit of baseball mixed in. This week, Trey Konishi and I recap UW's first series win in conference play against the Arizona Wildcats while calling out what could be a season-ending issue for the team if they don't get it fixed ASAP. With Washington headed into bye week, here's everything you need to know. This is Turn 2. Hello, dog fans, and welcome to this week's episode of Turn 2. I'm Kayla Olin. I'm Trey Konishi. And we have kind of a shorter show since Washington is on a bye week here after coming off of their first series win in conference play this season. And we will definitely talk about that after beating Arizona. They're on a little break before they have a non-conference game against Seattle U later next week. And then they are at home for the first time in what seems like a while, but it hasn't been that long. We're just putting UCLA behind us, aren't we? Yep, absolutely. Moving on. Moving on. But we do need to also recognize baseball because we want to have a baseball podcast. We're still growing the fourth and inches network. Hope to have one next spring, but we're still going to kind of shout them out, give a quick little recap how their weekend went, which didn't do so well as baseball got swept by the Arizona Wildcats at home, losing game three in 11 innings. They won in 11 innings the week before, but then lost now. So that brings their record to five and seven in conference play, 14 and 13 overall, dropping them from fourth to ninth place in the Pac-12. Yeah, this weekend was definitely rough for the baseball team. I think the biggest thing was just sloppy, sloppy play in the field. They had an error in every single game, and Sunday they had four errors, which is not going to get it done. And similar to the softball program the week prior, you and I, we talked about how they just couldn't get their bats going, or when there were hits, they were just being left stranded on base. And that's similar to what happened with this baseball program. And you kind of talked about struggling defensively. Pitching also it seemed like it was on a roller coaster almost just because it looked like it was such a high in game two with starter Calvin Kirchhoff going six innings, giving up just two earned runs on three hits, three walks and five strikeouts still didn't get the win there. And then you look at game three and it's just the polar opposite in terms of really struggling with that. And sophomore starter case matter lasted just 2.1 innings, giving up four earned runs on two hits, five walks, four strikeouts, and then you have a relief pitcher coming in with Stefan Wraith, who put in four innings on the mound, one unearned run, four hits, one walk, and seven strikeouts. So definitely an up and down in the pitching circle for that baseball team. Yeah, and you look at Sunday's game as well. Um, a lot of walks. Uh, they had a total of nine walks, and they had more walks than runs in this game. <laughs> I love that. We need not, not even just Trey's top play. We need a Trey's fun fact for the day because <sighs> that one's a not so fun, fun fact. No, it's not. And you're right about Casey matter. He just came in and he was just not right. Gave up five walks, four runs. It was a very rough outing for him. And unfortunately the Washington Huskies will have to wait until 
Friday because they don't have any kind of midweek games that they've usually been having. They're going to travel south to face the 12 and 15, five and seven in conference play. California Golden Bears game is Friday at 7 p.m. Saturday is at 6 p.m. and Sunday is at 1 p.m. How can baseball bounce back? I think a lot of it has to do with the pitching because I think they have decent bats in their lineups. It's just the inconsistency of some of the pitchers and also just no more errors. I mean, they had an error in every single game. You take a look back at Friday, they had two errors and the team only had three hits. So definitely they need to clean up some just mental errors. Yeah, and this kind of will tie into softball, and it's going to be a good transition here, but maybe a little bit of a talking point since we do have time as kind of we're just going to do a big recap, and then we'll preview the next series the following week. But how many errors would you say is acceptable? Clearly, errors happen. Obviously, high school, you can get away with a little bit more. The pros, not so much. You don't really see as many errors all the time. But in college, where would you say is it acceptable? Is it acceptable to have one a game or, you know, is that still a big no-no? I think I think it really just depends on the what players are getting these errors. I think yeah. if one player has multiple errors, then I think that's a serious problem that needs to be addressed. Um, but I do think, I think anything more than an error game is, is too much. I know this is college level, but when I think of an error, I just think of, you know, mental mistakes. And especially when you get into Pac-12 play, you just can't, just, that just can't happen. You got to go back to the whole alligator with your mitt fundamentals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go back to a couple of those fundamental days where in literally you got to have the alligator with the ball with the ball closure mitt but hopefully baseball can get it figured out as Washington seemed to have figured out their errors as well they look to be a lot better defensively kind of mentioning they got their first Pac-12 series win down in Arizona against the number 19 Wildcats after Bailey Klinger's go-ahead grand slam in game two to secure the series we'll definitely talk about that more I'm sure but before dropping game three and that one, I think, stung. I, to be blunt, I don't really care about the series win as much as giving Arizona their first win in the conference this season. That put the dogs at 22 and 11 overall, three and six in Pac 12 play. And Trey, I don't think when you and I first started this podcast that we would ever be saying that the dogs were three and six in conference play. No, not at all. Um, and especially how they did at the beginning of the year. I mean, they started the season really, really good. Um, they won like their first eight or nine games, and then they kind of fell apart towards conference play. And now hopefully after the series win, they can finally start to get back to playing how they're capable of playing. And I think it's kind of getting close to about time where we talk about how important these wins and losses now are for each of these teams and Washington can still fight their way into the world series. I don't think we're saying that it's over yet just because they can win regionals. They, from the looks of it, I do not think that they will be hosting a regional this year, a super regional, just because their record is not putting them in the position to do so. 
Uh, no, not at all. But would you say that this conference play is kind of similar to the SEC in football, where there's just a lot of stacked teams and it doesn't necessarily reflect the team as a whole when you are beating up on each other, even though they came into the conference play already with some losses to their name. Yeah, and I think uh, I agree with you on that this division and this conference is really, really good, and there's a lot of really, really good teams in the conference, but towards the beginning of the year, they had some mysterious losses that (laughs) we're still scratching our head. Yeah, like their their for first loss of the year coming against Clemson, which was a little bit of a mysterious loss considering some of the wins they had before that. But we put I that in the column of like the Montana State loss. Like, yeah, <laughs> what ha- what just happened? Yeah, um, but I think just some of these games that they played going back to Sunday um very like that was a game that they clearly should have won so most of these games they kind of and I, I wanted to say that the level of competition was was so much better I just say it was some of the mistakes that this team makes on a daily basis and I think we both know kind of where we're talking about some of these mistakes have been and where the loss in game three really pinpoints to. But before we get into a little bit of some of the negative, what is your top play? Because Trey, I think I have an idea what it is. Cause if I, if I was making the top play, I definitely know what it'd be. Yeah. One thing we talked about last week was just some of the, the hitters and just going into games with only having three hits and just not hitting uh, to what they're capable of doing. The good news about this series is they got a lot of hits. um, And one of those players on Friday night, we talked about her maybe struggling a little bit, but her potential is, I think it's through the roof. She's only a freshman, Olivia Johnson going three for three Friday night, two home runs and three RBI night. I think that really, really, is going to help her confidence, especially since she's so young. She's only a freshman. So that's my top play of the week, Olivia Johnson. I'm shocked that it was not the Grand Slam that was mentioned kind of briefly earlier because, I mean, I understand it's not Bailey Klinger's first Grand Slam as a Husky, but wow. I, no, it, I, it I love tough, it though. Yeah. I love it though, because how often do you see a freshman bat perfect in their round and then two home runs, not even just one, but two it's, I, I will agree with that top play. I give it to you. Yeah, it was tough. Cause like you said, I think Bailey you flipped Klinger a coin. Really... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Cause I, I was, I could have given it to two other players as well. Kensley Fielder four for four. Friday night she had a really good game and then I'd also give it to uh Klinger I think she is the reason why they won Saturday yeah and we will definitely kind of talk about how big that bat was because kind of as stated earlier they did drop game three so without that grand slam you know Washington loses another series and it's a series against Arizona who came into this 
not winning a single Pac-12 game so far. And that kind of leads into talking about in the circle with how the pitchers really fared this week and pitching struggled. I cannot wait to hear your grade because yikes. And they gave up a lot of runs, a lot of runs against this Arizona team who came into the series. And I don't know if you remember me saying this number or if our listeners remember me saying this number, but being outscored 43 to two in their previous six games, they only got two runs in their previous six games and Washington just let them put all the numbers on the board, including multiple two run home runs in one game. No. Yeah. Pitching definitely struggled and you go to, Friday night game one you know you put your ace up on the mound Gabby Plain who who pitched pretty bad I mean she pitched four and two-thirds of an innings and gave up eight hits on six runs that's yeah that's that's not going to get it done I mean luckily we had 13 hits in the game and our offense was good so we were able to pull out a win but they they struggled I don't think really anybody who anybody who started really had a good outing Look at Saturday, Kelly Lynch, three-run baseball, and then Sunday they decided to start her. Two-thirds of an inning she lasted, five hits on five runs. Not even that. We like we talked about the roller coaster that was baseball, where really good one day and then really bad the next, or one pitcher's really good in one series or one weekend and then really bad the next. And I think somebody who kind of, and kind of just calling it how it is, is Pat Moore. She looked good in game one, pitching a scoreless inning to get the win, but then struggled in the second game. And then even more in the third, giving up the walk-off to run home run to give Arizona that win. And so just the inconsistency is almost baffling. Like, I don't mean to, take away from anything from Arizona. They're still a growing team under first year head coach. They are ranked in the top 20, you know, they're, they're not bad, but this is not the level of expectation for Washington. It's especially in the pitching circle. Right. And you talk about just the level of consistency. I mean, playing, started Sunday or she came in Sunday pitched three innings of one run baseball and two days before that she was giving up six runs so yeah it's just a level of consistency with with these pitchers and like you said about Pat Moore who looked pretty good and then after that she just completely fell apart I think it goes back to the lack of death with the the pitchers that they have this year is just it's a struggle compared to previous years. And we talked about how this is the smallest roster that the softball program has had since 2014. Do you think maybe there should be a little bit more recruiting towards the pitching side and maybe more of a focus there than that's being given? I feel like a lot of the recruits that have come in have have stellar bats, but I I just don't see the next Gabby Plain or Taryn Atley or Daniel Lowry in this group or the incoming recruiting class. Yeah, I do. I think they need to, or the transfer portal. 
get a transfer. I mean, that's where they got Bailey Klinger from, from the transfer portal. Go and find a pitcher who has success and who can pitch consistent baseball because their problem is they have a lot of pitchers. They have a total of four pitchers on their team, but out of the four, I really want to call any of the four they got consistent pitchers who are reliable to win games, especially in crunch time. Yeah, and we've touched on it before, but that's kind of how you make it far in the World Series is because Gabby Plain cannot pitch every single game. There has to be consistency with almost all the pitchers and a reliable game two, game three starter, not just one. Right, and she's shown that, you know, she she's not as reliable as she should be. I yeah, mean. that even she struggles too. And at that point, she needs the help. She needs the backup. Yeah. It's like having, you know, two quarterbacks to just, okay, we're going to play both. Both will have a thousand yard season, but we don't have a (laughs) (laughs) go-to. And what would you kind of give this grade here? I think I'd give the pitching grade, um, honestly, a C minus D, I think. Anytime you score nine runs in a game um, against Arizona, I think expectation is you're going to win that game. For them to lose that game and give up 10 runs and give up seven runs and and five, that's just not going to get it done. I mean, they gave up a total of, what, 22 runs against a team that had two total in six games, and they just – Pitching is just a, a struggle for them right now. And it has been really this whole year. Yeah, I would even go D minus on this grade. D minus is still a thing, right? I've been out of yeah. school for a while. <laughs> uh, I was like, okay, well, if it's not, it is now. Uh, e for effort. They get an E for effort. <laughs> um, but it's, it's crazy that we're giving these grades after getting the first series win in conference play this season. But, I mean, that's what happens when your expectations are to be good and to be the top of the Pac-12. And just getting your first series win this deep is kind of not something that's too fond of. And, you know, maybe some of it is that Washington allowed Arizona to get the confidence when the bats start going it is hard to ruin a rally and it is hard to get out of a mental funk as a pitcher as, as the defense, if bats aren't falling and you know, maybe that's how Arizona came into this and they have nothing to lose. So might as well have all that confidence. And that's kind of what happened in the batter's box for Washington. It seemed like they had all the confidence in the world when Bailey Klinger was up and bases are loaded and, she was named Pac-12 Player of the Week for a reason this week. She hit a 3-6-4 over the three-game series with three home runs, six RBIs, hit that go-ahead grand slam in game two that secured the 7-5 victory for the Huskies. Bailey now has hit 17 home runs, which is tied for second in the nation and is second nationally with 51 RBIs on the year. This was also Klingler's fourth grand slam in her career. Which here's a here's a really fun fact, an actual fun fact, not a not so fun fact. All of those have came this season. So 
that's good for a second all time in Husky softball history. And she is on a roll. She is a, she is a train steaming full steam ahead. Yeah. She's, she's playing really, really, really well. Um, and like you, you mentioned her Saturday, two for four Sunday, two for four. Yeah. Three home runs and five RBIs on Saturday. She's, she's pretty much carrying this offense. It's, I think the funniest thing is when I was watching game two, I was kind of just like, Oh, you know, like it, it sucks. We have like two outs and Bailey is probably not going to get to be as bad as bases are loaded. And then they like have the hit by pitch and then a walk and then a walk and a single and then an error. And then it's like, Oh no, Bailey's on deck. And I was like, Oh no. I almost thought that it would have been smart for Arizona to like take the run with a walk instead of even giving her the opportunity to score more than one. Yeah, that would have been a that would have been a smart thing to do, but they didn't do that. <laughs> you live, you learn, you drive the struggle bus. Yeah. <laughs> Who else? You kind of mentioned Olivia Johnson and getting her confidence back with those multiple home runs, two in one game. Who else kind of really stood out? I also know you mentioned Fiedler too. I think Riley Holtorf. She had three RBI game, two for four, two doubles on Sunday. So. I think she stood out to me um, over the weekend. Like I said, Kensley Fielder as well. Uh, But besides that, that's really about it. Yeah, I also thought, I mean, maybe not a huge standout, but Sammy Reynolds, we talked about her kind of being a veteran and a leader. She's now reached base in 11 consecutive games. So that's still a good number. Just getting even on base to put yourself in the opportunity to score is big especially when she's got the wheels to steal and really get around the bases that's a big that's a kind of big number there too for her I agree and you know we talked about Samuel Reynolds this was her first series back since the concussion she was out during the UCLA series and most of the cow series so I think with her being back I think that also helped with with their batting performance and just getting some confidence back at the plate Yeah, let's, I think, gosh, there's so many things to talk about number-wise in terms of bats because bats were on fire this last series going into the seventh down 5-2 before that huge rally. And then you can even look up, you know, game one, you'd have putting up 10 runs with two outs in game one. That's not in just one inning, but cumulatively. And even game one UW didn't have as many hits as they did runs with 12 runs and 13 hits other than that they had the exact same amount of hits as they did runs just kind of really finally putting their bats together which we talked about after the Cal game was a big struggle yeah absolutely because remember we went back to that Cal game and uh you know there's one of those games where they had three hits total and then they had five and they had six for them to consistently have on average seven to eight hits per game I think it shows that this team can hit we're just not seeing it every series quite yet and this is kind of a good transition to maybe putting the brakes on a little bit of this hype train of husky bats right now because as of kind of like the second game 
12 of their 19 runs had come off of home runs. So how big of a, I mean, home runs are great, you know, hit out of the park every time. I don't care, but how much of a concern is it that that's how they're getting their home runs or how they're getting their runs is off of the home runs instead of actually continuously just driving balls into, you know, right field or kind of putting them on the ground. They're just kind of hoping for that elevation in the distance. I, I think it's an issue a little bit, but I think this team, I think this is a powerful team and I think they have players. They're like, we don't know what a ground ball is. <laughs> right. Like when Olivia Johnson gets up to bat, you know, she's, she's planning on every time she's up to bat and she wants to hit all of them out of the park. And I think she's capable of doing that same with Bailey Klinger. But I do think, I think it's the most important thing is to get hits or to do something with runners in scoring position. I think, I think I'd rather have a, you know, single up the middle um, than, you know, like a hard hit ball, but, I was going to say, can we go back to like Bailey Klinger's uh, foul ball that landed on top of the roof, like of the building just across the way? She scorched that ball. Yeah, she did. I like it's one thing to like hit the roof, but then it even like bounced. It had so much velocity and power behind it that the bounce even landed on top of an upper part of that roof too. I was just like, okay, <laughs> we get it. You could hit it out of the park and safe go and put Shohei Otani out of business. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> but you were saying, I'm sorry. I just totally just got a flashback of that ball just sitting there on the roof. Oh, I was saying it. I think it's, I think it's really just to depend on the player. I think, yeah, I think some players, their, their goal shouldn't be to hit the ball as hard as they can and hope something good happens. I think some of these players need to just find an open gap or hit the ball right up the middle for a base hit instead of trying to go up to the plate and try to hit the ball out of the park on every single at bat. So, but I do think that some of the other players like Klinger and Olivia Johnson, I think that they are capable of kidding a bunch of home runs. And I think that's what Heather Tarr really wants them to do. They're like, no, no, no. If you are not aiming for Montlake, you are not going up to bat. (laughs) Yeah. But I like that you mentioned kind of depending on player and not going up there to just kill it because you could have, you could have, yeah, you specifically, Trey, how dare you? Uh, (laughs) Washington could have lost game two easily because the rally that set up the win, there was two errors from Arizona in that inning. And there was a pop fly to right field that was dropped. And that's an easy out all day. <laughs> like that's a sucky air. It's an easy out all day. So kind of in terms of killing it and getting under it to get that home run and the power it's hit to get on base. Don't hit to score, I guess. No, I agree. Cause yeah, with, if that error didn't happen, then they probably would have lost that game. 
yeah, because Bailey is not coming up to bat. There is no grand slam. Yeah, it's it's crazy how things work sometimes, but got to be thankful for the series wins that we get, I guess. Yeah. Well, what grade would you give these bats? I'm curious. I think they found something this past series that we haven't seen in a very long time. Um, and I mean, this is the most run scored in a game since going back to Northern Colorado. Yikes. <laughs> when they scored 12, when they scored 15. Um, I think they found something with the bats. I think some of the younger players like Fielder and Olivia Johnson's had really good, really good series. Um, so I would give the bats, I'd give it about a B plus, A minus. Yeah. I go A minus, maybe even an A as well. Because again, they didn't really lose game three because they couldn't hit the ball or get runs in. Like you mentioned, nine should be enough, right? No. So bats can't really ask for much more than that, especially from everyone. There's some players that I think could use a little bit more patience or get better looks and cuts, but as a whole, they did very, very well. They did. And it also helped too with the errors of Arizona. I mean, on Sunday's yeah. game where Arizona won, they had a total of four errors in that game, which is, you know, quite a bit. And tangent, not so much of a tangent. Is it shocking to you that Olivia Johnson is the most walked batter for the Huskies this season so far? And they're not even really intentionally walks either. I think it is shocking a little bit because, you know, we got to remember she's only a freshman. So to when have I have that discipline players, is insane. Right. I think for some players to, to have that at play discipline and know when to take pitches and know when to swing the bat and when not to, I think as a freshman, it's really easy to, you know, second guess some of the pitches and swing at pitches that, you know, we're clearly not in the strike zone. Um, so I think it shows that she has a really good eye at the plate and she's also very self-disciplined for only being a freshman. And then one more slight tangent, and this might even discredit me a little bit. I'm sorry ahead of time, but I finally got to sit down and actually watch a game undistracted. But did you, do you see how Bailey Klinger holds her bat when she's at bat? I haven't noticed it. No. Oh my gosh. You need to notice it now. She has a gap between her hands. Huh? So they're not even closed off and it's not even just like there's a gap between like the bottom of the bat and then her her bottom hand. She has a gap between her hands. Wow. Maybe other players should start doing that. I was going to say I was hitting in high school all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So take a look at that. Let me know if you because I was like, no way does she actually hit like that guy was like, maybe she drops them together when she swings. Nope. Nope. Full power all power to her, <laughs> but we will definitely be back next week to preview the Oregon state at home matchup since UW again is on a bye week So make sure you tune in. Then we promise it'll come to you next week. And we just wanted to recap the first series win before it became last week's news. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a really good series. So, um, and I think, they I love how we're complaining about that. losing like game three though. It's like first series win. We're like, that's not okay. You dropped <laughs> one. <laughs> right. 
they though they had good offense they had a good uh game offensively but you know even though they got the win with the series it still wasn't it's there's still a lot of room for improvement um and it's unfortunate because you know it's either pitching or hitting you know last week it was the hitting this week's the pitching it's just back and forth there's one or the other they flip a coin in the dugout they're like okay who's gonna have a bad week speaking of let's just do maybe just for fun we don't even know we're not even previewing oregon state we're not mentioning or looking up some top hitters or pitchers right now give me a series guess from you we'll get a series guess again after a little bit more kind of a preview on them but just initial as a state of washington right now what's your guess well luckily they're back home so they're gonna be in front of hometowns i mean oregon state they aren't you know they're not one of the 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 better teams in the in the pack um so i i predict i I don't think i know you want to i don't think they're capable of getting a sweep but i do think that if they can use his momentum i know it's a long break but i think that gives them a good chance to you know take this break and work out some of the the issues with pitching i think if they can get that cleaned up i think that they'll win the series win two out of three i'm i hope this doesn't come back and bite me later but i'm gonna call the sweep wow too early preview i'm gonna go and i'm gonna do research and it's gonna be like there's like four olympians for oregon state and i'm like okay cool <laughs> no <laughs> uh, yeah i'm gonna call it a sweep i'm gonna call it early and i hope that i still feel the same way a week from now when we do this well should be should be a good good series for the huskies hopefully <laughs> they're gonna like drop all of them now because right this. <laughs> i take full blame the announcer's curse Alrighty. <laughs> well you and i will definitely be back and getting back into the groove of things as sun is breaking out it was in the 70s for the first time since don't know when but it felt great masters is on march madness is concluding baseball is back opening day is coming and i am just really happy to be doing this with you thank you so much trey yeah i know it's really fun it's great even though this season hasn't been great you know Luckily, yeah. we're able to find some bright spots. <laughs> the first time we decide to have a softball podcast, it's like one of the most shocking seasons so far. Yeah. It's like The Bachelor, Bachelorette, like ready for the most dramatic season yet. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the best laugh that I've got from you. And on that note, we're going to end it here. Until next time, I'm Kayla Olin. I'm Trey Konishi. Go dogs. Go dogs. <laughs>